God is good. All the time. All the time. It's good to be together. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come in this time and season and series uh, asking you to open our ears, open our hearts, open our spirits, open our minds, Lord, to hear your voice, to recognize your voice, to understand your voice, and to follow your voice. Lord, thank you for your presence that is always with us, that surrounds us here in this community. So, Lord, I pray that it's not my voice that's heard, but it's yours. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we took our daughter to college this week, her freshman year. She was so excited. And that helps her parents' hearts to feel a little bit better, too. But guess what? We're empty nesters now. I tell you, one of the first things that I discovered was how quiet the house has become. Don't hear the footsteps. You don't hear somebody running up and down the, the stairs and the water running upstairs. It's amazing how quiet it is. Another thing I thought about in preparing for this sermon is how many new voices that Brooke will now hear. Her roommate her friends, a new community, and new teachers. And my prayer on this first Sunday that she's away is that one of those voices and a main voice that she will hear is God's voice. Amidst all the other voices that she'll still hear and receive and listen to God's voice. We've been talking about hearing God's voice in our series together. Two weeks ago, we talked about Moses and the burning bush and God revealing himself to Moses through that. Last week we talked about Elijah and his journey to the mountain as he was escaping <laughs> Jezebel's wrath. And hearing God in the still, small voice. And today we began to look at Samuel and Eli and how Samuel hears God's voice but he doesn't recognize it. And he goes to Eli and Eli begins to tell him to pause and lie down and ask God to speak to him. But what I want you to hear in this passage is it's read this morning. What's the setting? What's the context? Is What's going on in Israel at this time? Are they hearing God or not? And then what's Eli's role? What's Samuel's role? Perhaps what is our role in response? So join me with your Bibles that you've brought or your devices you have or the few Bibles that are before you. Online, I hope you'll join us too. As we look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I'll be reading all verses of that chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God is. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. For you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. 
Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called out to Samuel again a third time. And he got up, and he went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision of Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, here I am. And Eli said, what is it that he has told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do also to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew up. The Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and for the Lord revealed himself to, Shiloh, to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. So who are the two main characters in today's scripture? verses. Samuel and Eli, and as first service remind us, God's voice too, so we don't need to leave God's voice out of that, but the two human characters are Samuel and Eli. What do we know about Eli? He's a priest in the temple, and he seems to be getting older. And what about Samuel? He's a boy that is ministering with Eli in the temple. But how did Samuel get there? Do you remember the story of Hannah? Hannah who came to the temple, Hannah's hope, that Hannah who came to the temple and began to pray to God, seeking God's face, seeking God's presence, that if she would be able to have a child because she had not been able to have a child, she would dedicate the child and offer that child to God in service. And so God heard her prayer. And she was actually in the temple with Eli praying that. God heard her prayer, answered it. She had the child. And when the child was weaned, she brought it to the Lord. And here is Samuel, now as a boy, ministering unto the Lord. So let's look through the verses. You're going to need your Bible open and follow along. This, it's real helpful as I begin to take this a few verses at a time. So look at verse 1. As we look at verse 1, we see that Samuel is ministering to the Lord. But what do we learn about Israel? 
What's going on in Israel? Is there a lot of talking? Maybe there is, but who's not talking? They're not hearing God's voice. It, it's barren. There are not many visions that are taking place. And then look down to verse 3. We see that it tells us that the lamp has not yet gone out. But Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Tradition was that in the evenings near the ark that the lamp continued to burn from the evening to the morning. But what is, what is Samuel lying near? The ark. And what does the ark represent? the very presence of God, the, the illumination and discovery of God and who He is. And here's Samuel hearing this voice, not recognizing right next to the ark of God or right near it. And look at verse 7. What does verse 7 tell us? Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So the Lord calls Samuel three times, and each time he does not recognize, Samuel does not recognize the Lord's voice until the third time Eli's got a clue. Maybe, maybe it's the Lord speaking. So here, back on verse 9, see what it is that Eli says to Samuel that third time. Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and lay and went and lay down in his place. And then hear what Samuel prays in verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. I made a discovery that I'd never seen before, and someone wrote it out, so that's how I clued into it. Look at verse 9 and what Eli tells Samuel to say to the Lord. And then look at verse 10 and see what Samuel actually says to the Lord. Do you see any difference? There's a word missing that Samuel shares, or doesn't share. The word Lord. Referring probably back to verse 7 that says, Samuel yet did not know the Lord. So we see as the verse and the scriptures continue to tell us that the Lord does speak to Samuel. And that Samuel hesitantly shares with Eli what it was that the Lord had revealed to him. And then at the end, we began to see a shift in the priesthood from Eli to Samuel. What can we learn from this passage? What is it that perhaps God has to teach us from this passage? I think the first is probably obvious. You can hear God's voice, but not recognize it. Perhaps you can hear God's voice, but not recognize that God's the one that's speaking. Samuel had trouble. Eli even had trouble until that third time. Perhaps in our own life, we've recognized the times or not recognized God until later on when he kept speaking to us. Another thing I think we can learn from this is sometimes we might hear, but we're not listening. I don't see any smirks of you looking at a spouse or a family member wondering if that pertains to be true in your own relationships and you don't have to raise your hand or comment. But how often is that maybe true that the words go in one ear and out the other? And we miss what somebody is sharing with us. Somebody's asking us. Somebody perhaps is revealing to us.
Another thing we can learn is we can worship. We can worship, but not know God. Really? We can be present on Sunday morning in the church, in the sanctuary, and we're worshiping, but not know God? Look at Samuel in his own life and growing up in the temple and ministering and carrying out the duties of the temple that he's been given by Eli. But seven clear, verse 7 clearly tells us he did not yet know the Lord. And even 10 maybe perhaps gives us a hint that he hadn't in that personal relationship with God yet. Another thing we can learn from this scripture is sometimes we need a mentor. Sometimes we need a guide. Sometimes we need a coach. Sometimes we need somebody to help us recognize God's voice and teach us what it means. I've shared with you before about Mr. O'Farrell, the camp director at Camp Alpine in Alabama, who during many of my college summers was one that really helped me discern God's voice. He cared for us as counselors and taught us to how to care for the children. But much of that was done in Bible studies together and prayer times in the mornings that we would have to pay attention to God's voice, to hear God's voice, to listen to God's voice. And in so doing, we might respond as God leads us. Hearing God's voice, listening God's voice, responding God's voice is all about one thing, a relationship. It's about building a relationship with God. It's not an accomplishment. It's not an achievement. It's not a status in which we try to attain. It's about being in relationship with God. I talked to you earlier that our house is all of a sudden quiet in a different way. Been kind of reflecting on time with the kids. Twenty and a half years in the house with children, and now they're not there every day at least. I thought back to when they were babies. You know, as parents, you begin to learn your child's voice. You begin to hear their cry and recognize what it means. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they need comforting. Or maybe they're just talking and giggling and having a good conversation that you don't need to disturb get to know your children we have to get to know God we have to know God to recognize his voice it's about a relationship and there's a key word that I think this passage offers for us to share what that relationship is all about servant Lord your servant is listening. We learn from Samuel that a willingness to obey is, is an important part of being receptive to God's voice. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. A servant hears. A, a servant receives the word from his master with the willingness to carry out that which his master asks him or her to do. It's insulting to ask God what we should do if we have no intention of doing anything else than what we want to do. Part of a willing and servant spirit is a willingness to obey. Even if we don't understand why, even if we don't know what the final results will be. Too often we want to be in control. 
Explain it to me, God. Share it with me, God. I, I want to hear you, but if it doesn't fit my objectives for my life and how I want things to turn out, then, you know, I might not consider it. But if it does, then I'll be happy to obey. Notice that God doesn't force us to obey like an animal that has a bit and a bridle to guide them. Rather, the Lord seeks to walk with us, to counsel us. As we have faith in Him, we begin to obey. He desires a more personal, a more intimate relationship that's built on trust rather than forced. If we fight Him, we can't serve Him. If we fight Him, we can't serve Him. It takes a while sometimes to learn God's voice. And we'll have many, many cases of mistaken identity along the way. But thank goodness that God is patient with us. God was patient with Samuel, and the same God is patient with us. He kept calling Samuel, 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 and Samuel kept responding. He was eager to respond. He just didn't know to whom or to what or for what purpose that he was being called. May we not lose that eagerness. Hearing God's voice is about a relationship. The way we hear God's voice is to follow His voice. And when we follow His voice, you know what happens? We often hear it again, and the relationship deepens. How often do you hear God's voice? How often do you take time, set time aside to listen for God's voice? Or perhaps has it grown quiet in your house? Maybe we've become more like Eli than we realized. We can't hear God's voice on our own anymore. And God has to speak through someone else. Perhaps it was sin in Eli's life or his unwillingness to deal with the sins of his sons that concealed God's voice from But when God speaks to Eli through Samuel, how does Eli respond? He accepts what is being said to him. Look back at your Bibles. Got to open them back up or turn your vice back on. Look at verse 11. Let me read it for you again this morning. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. What makes your ears tingle? What makes your ears tingle? God's word, God's scripture is a turning point, a turning point in the life of Israel from not hearing God to hearing God. Look back at verse 1 of chapter 3. What do we learn? That Eli was ministering, or excuse me, Samuel was ministering under Eli to the Lord. But where's the voice of the Lord? It's not being heard much. It's, it's, the visions are, are barren or few and far between. But then look at verse 1 of chapter 4. What do we hear about Samuel? What does verse 1 say? Samuel. And the word of Samuel came 
to all of Israel. It's obviously the word of the Lord through Samuel came to all of Israel. But here all of a sudden this country has not been hearing God's voice. And now God has called Samuel and Samuel has responded. And because of his response, all of Israel again begins to hear the voice of God. And in so doing, to build their relationship and intimacy with God. Verse 15 too is an interesting verse. What was one of the duties that Samuel had when he woke up in the morning? What did he do in verse 15? Open the doors. He opened the doors of the temple, but perhaps the role of Samuel was not just opening the doors of a physical place in which the presence of God that people encountered, but perhaps he's opening a greater door that all people and the whole nation will be able to experience and discover God in a powerful and personal way. Eli and Samuel's roles are now being reversed. Samuel was called by God in a time of spiritual desolation, religious corruption, social upheaval, and political danger, where the, Lord, where the voice of the Lord was rare. And the Lord required Samuel to bring a hard word to Eli. And Eli accepts it. And Israel once again is connected to God in a fresh way. What's the word that we are being given? What is God speaking and talking to us and sharing with us that we are to channel in our time? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes there's change. But we are assured that God is with us. The question is, is your servant listening? Lord, is your servant listening? And in the midst of this, we can't miss what God is bringing to birth. In the midst of this, we can't stop listening for God's voice, even if our house has now become empty. In the midst of this, perhaps God wants to hear our voice too. Lord, your servant is listening. Give me, give us a heart that is willing to obey and follow you. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.